2: Supercoach Edge, where we'll be bringing you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined by my co host Liam. Now, mate, how have you recovered from the weekend? In particular, now we have called this episode the Rookie Roulette. How did yeah. your spin go with the uh, Rookie Roulette wheel on the weekend?
3: Yeah, was it uh, wasn't a great one. Uh, did I end up benching uh, a pal, uh, and I think I had Jordan on instead. So that hurt Ooh. quite a lot. After the weekend, my finger was hovering quite, quite close to the delete team and uh, just
2: quit Supercoach button for quite a while. You've you made one mistake. Like think of the people out there that have had the likes of Rail, Dangerfield, Caldwell. Uh, you mean that's that's me? Oh, actually, that's all of, we've we've had all of those. And I have Pal on my bench. Yep. <laughs> I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Think of the people who have Doersma, who have yeah. Butters. No, no, fair call. Fair call. I do know some people that have traded in butters over the week, Well, the weekend just gone. Yeah,
3: I think it was on like 103 at time or something.
2: Yeah. My uh, fiancé's dad, he, you know him. Um, he actually yep. traded him in me. <laughs> 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 I, I shouldn't laugh, but we were out for dinner. And he was like, oh, what, what are the scores looking like? And I'm like, oh, oh no. well, time he scored like over 100. So he's on track for 200. Finished dinner Ugh. on the drive home listening to the radio, and Butters has gone down, and I'm like, oh, surely it's nothing too major. Nah, it was major. So I, I, yeah. I think, like, that might give you a little bit of perspective, Liam.
3: It does, it does. <laughs> uh, I did have, a, did have a pretty hectic weekend, so I was a little bit uh, a little bit cranky, I guess. Cranky? <laughs> hazy? Hazy.
2: I know, but that's about, another word for yeah. it, yep. <laughs> but uh, let's kick off our show. Uh, where can our listeners Find us as you take a sip of the the juicy sweet, artificial sweetness, I should say, of uh, Pepsi Max. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually enjoying a bit of a Pepsi Max as well. So if um, sponsors, who actually makes is it just Pepsi? Are they I the brand? Pepsi, yeah, yeah. I think
3: that's the brand. Pepsi,
2: if you're listening. If you're tuning in, no doubt you are because you're massive fans of the show and of uh, <laughs> AFL Supercoach. Um, if you'd like to sponsor us, come on board. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you are listening, uh, Pepsi, you can reach us
3: at AFL Supercoach Edge at gmail.com just uh, yep. send through uh, some info there and we'll, uh, we'll we'll get right back to you uh but for the rest of you guys i guess you could reach out to us on twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge you'll find damon at his personal uh twitter on at demoj 88 and myself at at Al underscore evans underscore 95 and on facebook and insta if you just search supercoach edge you'll find us
2: there I love, I love how like when you read them out and you're approaching your own handle and you just, like, you hesitate, and you can, like, just tell in your voice that, like, I'm just going to throw a barb your way. Yeah, there's I, I was be, waiting for it. There's going to be a week there where, actually, this week probably counts as it. I'm not going to throw any barbs your way. I'm just going to let you... Let me stew. Just stewing your own nervous juices as you as you read them out. So I um, feel like
3: I'm getting pretty good at reading them just because I I have to, like, put up with your barbs that you send my way. <laughs> And so I just have to learn to like deal with them as a, it's like you know, like someone throwing like tomatoes at you while you're on stage. I'm, I'm making you stronger. As a, as a, yeah, I feel like, I feel a lot better. I feel, a lot less. I feel I'm still nervous every time I yeah. get up to it, but I'm just like, all right, just power through, get through yeah. it,
2: Liam. Yeah, but then the more you power through it, and the quicker you read it, the more prone you are to stuffing it up, which I think everyone is because the handle is that long. There we go. Oh, That's there a barb. we go. There we There's go. There's a barb. Anyway, <laughs> on with the show, and uh, just to tick off a few uh, extra bits of housekeeping. A bloke by the name of Tim Smith sounds like a a made-up name, but it's not. It's a real person and uh, a good bloke as well because, uh, as you may have noticed, following uh, if you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and or Twitter, hopefully Mm -hmm. you follow us on all of those, you will have noticed uh, some of the finest of artwork made by none other than Tim Smith, who can be found at Tim Smith Editing. And uh, he's come on board to uh, display some of his finest work on our channel. So a special thank you. To that absolute yeah, legend there. From Tim Smith. Anyway, on with the show. So, uh, of course, the loser of the week in our head-to-head gets to kick off the next segment. So, let's see who it is as we introduce the good, the bad, and the ugly.
3: Yes, that's right. In The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players stood out for both good and bad reasons. As Damon did mention, uh, the loser starts and... Who is the loser this week? I don't know. Who is it? Tom Powell is the loser. <laughs> oh,
2: that's, that's a barb. that's actually not. That's pretty mean. He's a legend. No, <laughs> I think it's probably... You've been hinting at it from the very top of the show. Why is it that you're so annoyed with Powell? I'm so annoyed. I'm not. It's not that I'm annoyed with Powell. I'm probably
3: more annoyed with Jordan, to be honest. I fielded mm. Jordan's uh, twenty-four over Powell's hundred and one, uh, and that resulted in that resulted in a loss. If I had fielded Powell, I would have won. So that's why I, uh, why I'm <laughs> I'm pretty dirty at the minute. That's understandable. Understandable. But anyway, let's run through the scores. All right, so. I scored 2,047 this week and sit ranked 12,279. So that score did see me go backwards in the ranks. Um, Fair to say it wasn't a great way to end the weekend. The key issue I did have this week, other than the 19 from Daniel, and a couple of sort of, I guess, underperforming primos, uh, not overly, but just sort of slight underperformances, uh, was the rookie roulette as uh, we mentioned at the start of the start of the episode. So I missed out on Powers hundred and one as he sat on my bench. I'd actually switched up my rookies this week based upon the averages just to try and maximise their scoring, I guess, and I
2: got burnt by it. Well, that's that's the thing. Just just on that, like at this stage of the season, unless you're like me and you've got a couple of uh, floating loophole options, yeah. Yeah, all you can go by is their averages. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, what you've done, I think a lot of people will be doing. So, shouldn't be too hard on yourself or our good man, Powell. Yeah, no, no. Love Tommy Powell. He's going to make me some great cash.
3: I'm just uh, just dirty on myself. (laughs) So, anyway, let's get into the trades that I made this round. Uh, I think it'll be no surprise that target number one last week was my main man, Jordan Ridley. Uh, He stepped into the team with the VC armband on too. And actually kept him as the captain um, with his 124. Mm, smart. Didn't miss out too much. I had gone as the, the other, I guess, the captaincy option, so didn't lose too many points there, luckily. I was also extremely enticed by the high scoring of uh, CJ, who also made his way into my team this week. Um, I think at best he ends up as a top six mid or even a last upgrade. Mm. Um, so there's no real reason he can't end up having a breakout year similar to the, to the Riddler last year, I guess. Um, and then on the outside, I had Dow and Cozzy making their way out uh, with some DPP swings. Uh, so onto my score for the round. In the goods, I had Max Gorn's 135, Shorts 125, uh, Riddler's 124 with the captaincy, Jarman Impies 112, Had uh, Jayeth at 109, Jay-Z's 107, Laird's 105, and Zeret's 104. In the bad, um, and these were not necessarily really bad scores, but just sort of lower scores than what I was hoping for from these players. Uh, Grundy's 92, Taranto's 90, Walsh's 89, and Dusty's 88. And finally, in the ugly, I had the helmet, Caleb Daniel. as his 19 on field, obviously not great. And Jordan's 24 on field over Powell's 101. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess, uh,
2: the way the week went for me. How about yourself, Damon? I fared a little bit better. Uh, I scored 2,110. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up... Rising two thousand four hundred and forty-two spots to sit ranked just outside the top ten k at ten thousand six hundred and thirty-one. Uh, in terms of my trades, we made actually the exact same trades, which is uh, which is good to see uh, that we're on the same page. Made really good trades, I think, uh, with my war chest of 815000 courtesy of good old Lockie Neal. Mm, nice. uh, it was perfect timing to bolster my defence, like yourself, as well with Cozzy being dropped and Highmore not being named. Yeah. So I traded out Dow for Ridley, uh, swung Clark into my midfield, and then upgraded Cozzy to the legend that is CJ, <laughs> who I just absolutely love watching. The way he takes the game on, reads the play for such a young player is an absolute revelation. So, um uh, really thrilled to have him as a part of my super coach team and I get to watch him now with uh, sheer joy every weekend and on to the breakdown in terms of the score across my team uh, the good got the exact same as you except for uh for pal um, I'm sorry I mentioned him again scored 101 he was he was really good uh the bad uh, again short 88 martin 85 and the ugly like yourself uh Daniel 19 Jordan 24 but uh, the difference uh, between myself and you was Scott with 26. So yeah. um, I kind of failed in the rookie rule there between him and uh, ro uh, So that was unfortunate. But um, looking at the running telly of our head-to-head, uh, I've squared the ledger with two wins on the trot now, uh, which even though we're equal, I'm just ahead on percentage by 078 the narrowest of, of margins there so yeah let's move on, in the, <laughs> let's, move
3: on. let's
2: do it <laughs> time now to discuss some of the hottest topics players and everything in between in the week that was
0: I don't care.
3: So, not only did the man in the helmet, Caleb Daniel, let us down with a score of 19 over the weekend, he's now gone and got himself suspended for a week for a dangerous tackle.
0: What a idiot! Oh, what
3: a loser! We'll touch on our thoughts on what to do with the Doggies Defender later in this app.
2: And uh, we also saw injuries to some popular forwards, uh, with Sydney's Isaac Henney suffering. A broken hand in really strange circumstances for a couple of reasons. Yeah. First off, he actually whacked BZT. Brandon Zerk Thatcher. Whacked him and broke his hand uh, as a result of that. But even more strange was the fact that the AFL and this is legit. I actually had to check twice yeah, on this. Yeah, this is this is true. This is true. The AFL actually did an investigation into it, but didn't didn't even find that Heaney you know did any wrongdoing.
3: No, they are uh, actually cleared BZT.
2: Of any wrongdoing, what were they? What were they expecting? Like him to headbutt his hand yeah, or something? That. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get six weeks. <laughs> oh, like I know we always say that it's like the most backwards MRO system going around, but that just that just proves it. What a joke of a system! It's such a strange, strange. Oh, I don't don't want to get into it because it makes me so angry. And I'm a Carlton supporter. Like I shouldn't be sticking up for Essendon, but. I just hate seeing the AFL do stupid shit, which they do ad nauseum. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> Port Sack Butters also suffered a lower leg injury uh, on the weekend, which uh, will both see himself and Heaney out of their sides for a while. Uh, must also make mention as well of uh, the big ex, Xavier Dursma. That was a real sickening injury as mm-hmm. well, where he, uh, he hyperextended his knee went and just buckled underneath him and uh, he's hurt a ligament in his knee as well. So he's going to be on the sidelines as well, unfortunately. And also I must make mention as well of Taylor Adams, who uh, has sustained an injury as well, which is going to see him out for, uh, I think it's up to 10 weeks. Yeah, 10 weeks. Um, so that's that's massive. Uh, and yeah, for anyone that, that has him and their team, they're obviously going to have to trade him. For those four players, he's to a speedy recovery and hope to see all four of them back out the park soon. We also saw the rise of the mid-pricer uh, this round
3: with some of the most popular selections already paying dividends after their hot start to the season. Jarwin MP and Jack Zeeble are relishing their new roles in the backline, while Hawthorne's Jayeth is on the verge for
2: breakout season. We can say that we're one of the lucky few that started with uh, with Zeeble and Impey. Um and I know there's, there's quite a few people out there that are scrambling to try and get MP in. We've mentioned in previous episodes as well that you were very keen on Jayeth and hopefully I didn't talk you out of him because I, I probably did, but <laughs> I was just worried about the fact that there wasn't really any exposed form. And I found it hard to see him making a real step up in his game. But from what we've seen so far this year, he is so like, level-headed and accomplished. And you know he, he fits into that back line seamlessly for the Hawks. And yeah. uh, we've both threaded him in, as we said earlier, into our sides now. And uh, to have all three as virtually playing cash cows is, uh, is quite a luxurious position to be in.
3: I definitely wasn't expecting 103.8 average after, what, four games mm. um, from, from Giath. Um, and likewise, even Zeeble and Impey, um you wouldn't have expected them to be running at 111.8 and 101.8, respectively, mm. for their four-game four average. Uh, there's obviously the potential that, that, that those three guys could end up being uh, keepers by the end of the season.
2: So in terms of uh, those three guys, we know that Zeeble's in over fifty percent of teams, but uh, Impy and Giath they are they're quite unique, aren't they?
3: Yeah, yeah, quite uh, quite low ownership considering uh, their, their start to the season. Giath is in only seventeen percent of teams, and Impy. There was a lot of talked about in the in the preseason about him, especially on on our podcast. Uh, we were both big fans of him. He's only in twenty four percent of teams.
2: Gee whiz. Less than a quarter. There's, a, there's an element of luck there because I think a few people were kind of scared off by his, you know. Preseason, his, yeah. Yeah, preseason, questionable injury history. But, I mean, like we said, he did have that exposed form when he was playing in defence yeah. uh, through stages when Sicily uh, wasn't there and Scrimshaw wasn't there. So uh, even though Scrimshaw's come back now, he's still s- scoring quite well. So, um, yeah, if you're looking to get him in, it, it comes down to preference and choice, I guess. But, yeah, I mean. Impy Jayath, you probably can't go wrong at this stage. They could potentially, like we said, both beekeepers. So yeah. um, watch this space. And with that, let's move on to our very next segment, which is The Price is Right. The Price is Wrong,
3: bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week. So first up, uh, we'll run through the buy candidates. In I guess it's probably a very popular option early this week is Alec Waterman. He's uh, probably should have some relatively solid job security considering the injuries at the Dons. Uh, He's coming in at a price of 102.4k as a forward, um, and he has a break even of minus 77. He's coming in at a yeah bargain basement price, which means his scoring doesn't have to be super high to make a lot of money quickly. And likewise, as a downgrade option, you couldn't possibly get any more instant cash. So it really is a win-win. On Supercoach Gold, uh, you'll see a prediction for for
2: Alec Waterman
3: of a price rise of over sixty-five k in his first week.
2: Meanwhile, uh, our good friend Bryce Mitchell has his cash gen potential at over $198,000, which is absolutely mammoth. Yeah, that's staggering. So, uh, you know, if you haven't got Waterman already, get him in. And uh, next up we have uh, Chapman from Fremantle. Happy Chappy. Uh, he comes in at two hundred seven thousand two hundred as a defender, and his break even is negative fifty six. So with Caleb Daniels' suspension and the you know obvious rookie carnage last week, if you missed out on Chapman, you could definitely bring him in to cover for a non-playing rookie, which. I think for me, that's actually one option I'm, I'm looking at, yeah. um, as opposed to trading out Daniel, which is we'll get into that um, a bit later. Uh, but that is definitely one option to take. And with Chapman, he appeals on two separate points. Uh, first up, he has uh, looks as though he's got pretty solid uh, scoring potential in the fact that he scored uh, quite well in his past two matches. But more importantly for me, and uh, I think this applies to most uh, cash cows, is the fact that he has uh, relatively solid job security, Just in the fact that uh, Fremantle have been ravaged by injuries in defence, they've got Hayden Young, they've got Hill out, they've got Hamling out, and Pierce also. So I think in terms of his security, both short-term and long-term, he has uh, has really, really solid security. So uh, he is one that I'm thinking of getting into my side this week.
3: Yeah, normally I wouldn't suggest bringing in a player uh, after their first price rise, but this is probably an exception. Cash Jam Potential uh, for Chapman is listed at 158k. So he still has a high ceiling um, to help with his cash making potential as well, which is what makes him probably a a really good candidate for a trading option if you are
2: looking at a donut for Caleb Daniel. And the next guy who uh, comes in under the uh, the buy list uh, is one guy that you've been eyeing off. Isn't that right, Liam? Yep, I can't wait to get him into my side. He goes by the name of Jack McRae. Uh, he's priced at 644800 of course, as a midfielder. His break-even this week is, uh, is a bit of a unique position because even though it seems quite high at 132, because he is facing the Suns this weekend, in his past three, he has scored 169, 139, and 189. So all indications point to the fact that he will smash this break-even. But I don't know. What, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, he's definitely one that I'm considering. I've got to see what I can do with my team and see whether I have the cash to bring him in now um but if if I can I definitely will because I think he may skyrocket a little bit in price if he if he gets off the chain against the suns
2: yeah he's one of those guys I think that you can there's definitely merit in jumping on now but yeah. there's also merit in you know the fact that if you don't have the coin up front this week you could uh, potentially wait a week and and grab him then yeah definitely and
3: likewise we've got Jack Steele uh coming in at 653.8 thousand. Uh, obviously, as a midfielder with a break even of one hundred and one, so one you could definitely look at buying now. Obviously, with that break even, you probably expect his price to go up a bit. He's got an average of one hundred and twenty four for the season and a three game average of one hundred and thirty five, and I think he scored about one hundred and fifty uh, on the weekend. Yeah, crazy. Uh, so obviously, there were some some concerns. His scores from last season were inflated due to the shorter quarters, but it seems as though he's continuing his dominance even after that lower score of 91 to start the season.
2: Yeah, and the, the one pleasing thing for me as well is just looking at his his statistical breakdown, is the yeah. fact that he's kept up the tempo in terms of his tackling prowess. So across the first four rounds of the season, he has uh, amassed 9 6 four and six tackles in each of the four games. So uh, that's a really big part of his game. And uh, yeah. you know that contested style is something that's really favorable to super coach scoring. So uh, for me, he is one that you really have to target, whether or not it be this week or next week, I think, or even in the week after. It comes down to the fact of whether or not you have money um, yeah. and how you want to use it. But yeah, there's merit in getting him this week.
3: Definitely. And I... I think if, if you're tossing it between Jack McRae and Jack Steele, it really is a bit of a coin toss. Um, yeah. Either one's a good... They're very, very similarly priced, uh, very similar uh, scoring output. So, yeah, I think it's it's, it's very much a, a flip of the coin there.
2: It sounds very much like the opener of... Uh, compare the pair. Yeah, I know. <laughs> same price,
3: same position.
2: Virtually like the 9K difference in price, same position. Yeah. And... Yeah, same output. So <laughs> there we go. Compare the pair. Might be one for the future potentially. But um, moving on to the next bracket, which is Sal.
3: Yep. So I'll just quickly start off with uh, the first four players: Isaac Heaney, Zach Butters, Xavier Dersmer and Taylor Adams. All obviously injured over the weekend. So I'd be moving them all on. They've all got longer term injuries, more than I guess the one or two weeks that you might hold them for. So. Yeah, just, I guess, move them on and hopefully we'll see them back on the park soon.
2: And uh, yeah, the other guy who is causing a few headaches for, um, I was going to say a few coaches, but I think it's causing headaches for for the majority of the super coach community is uh, Jacob Kozicki for Hawthorne. If he isn't named and you do need cover in defense, uh, especially given that uh, if you've got Daniel uh, in your defense, you're going to need cover uh, 100%. So, uh, yeah, if he's not named this week, he is one that I'd definitely look to move on. I mean, he hasn't gone up in price all that much. But, um, yeah, I mean, even so, if he if he stays in your team, he's going to be a real, real slow burn, just the way that he's uh, he's been scoring in, in recent recent games. So, for me, if you're looking to trade someone, especially in defense, to, say, a Chappie or a, a Lockie Jones, uh, he is definitely the number one candidate. Definitely. Um,
3: also on the sell uh, is James Jordan, 205.1k, midfielder, break-even of 47. He should hopefully make his break-even, but his poor showing against Geelong may mean that he does doesn't get a gig this week. So he could be one to move on if necessary. He's already made 81.2k, although has cash to be made off the back of one big scoring game, so he could be a hold. Um, it's a it's sort of a very team dependent if he's if he's not named um, you could definitely move him on if he if he is named you can definitely keep him but if he, he allows you to free up uh, another player to bring in a primo or another rookie that yeah you could definitely do that as well
2: and just a left field option as well one that i just thought of was uh the fact that yeah if he's not named this week and you're struggling for for captaincy loophole options he could potentially yeah, actually, present good, as one point. Uh, because melbourne play in the second last game on sunday uh at 320 against the hawks so um yeah he could serve a purpose there if you if you don't sell him and you want to keep him but yeah i think all it takes is one game one real big game where it'll kickstart their cash gen again so i mean yeah it's sort of 50 50 if you want to sell him if you're looking to sell someone down to waterman to make some cash he may be one of those one of those candidates but um yeah there's definitely merit to keep him as well
3: definitely um, and last one on the sell list. This stage is a Paddy Dow, two hundred and ten k, two hundred and ten point five k. Break even at fifty five. If you haven't already moved him on, now is the time. His break even is above his season average. Uh, the experiment is done. Uh, if if you did didn't move him on, it's yeah, just now. Do it now.
2: Yeah, like like we've been saying, uh, he's not going to turn around his scoring. I was quite bullish, as everyone knows. <laughs> Uh, in the preseason, I think you were as well, Liam. But I'll yeah. probably um, strung him along for the ride as well. Um, but I mean, we've we've been saying every single game he's undoing his yes, his scoring potential, but also an, an output, but also the fact that he's just not getting any game time. Again, on the weekend, he had 67% game time, which was uh, the lowest. He actually had, believe it or not, less game time than Silvani, who went off injured. <laughs> that probably tells the tale. So if you yeah, if you've still got him. Trade him down to a waterman and and bank a cash of, uh, of, you'd get $108,000 in the bank. So um, definitely trade him down now. And moving on
3: to the holds. First up, we've got Caleb Daniel, 467.7k, break even 159, obviously missing this round with suspension. Uh, We'll chat more about him in a sec, um, but he's definitely, for both of us, I think, at this stage, a hold.
2: Yep, absolutely. The other blow coming in at 117300 in defence is high ball with a break-even of negative 68. And, uh, yeah, his low break-even means it's probably worth holding him for the time being, uh, and uh, you know, you know, just one game uh, added on. No matter what it is, unless he scores negative um, sixty-nine, he's be he's actually, bad game. It should be a terrible <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so unless he scores that, he's he's going to be going up in in price. So um, definitely keep holding him.
3: Yep, and likewise, uh, Braden Campbell, he's a high break-even due to the 29 in his rolling average. That will drop out after his score this week and should see his cash-gen kick started again. So basically, the score that he obviously has this week will we'll push out that 29 and we'll see his break-even most likely drop as long as he doesn't score, say, 29 again. Um, But... He did score an 80 against the Giants in the preseason so he's definitely capable of a good score this round we've also seen his really strong scoring with 118 earlier in the season um, so he's got a he's got a good uh, ceiling um, and he's also got that DPP which is extremely handy um so there, there is a case for selling if, if you need to bring it if you can trade him out and use the cash somewhere else but I do think that you should probably hold at this stage.
2: And another guy on the uh, the hold list is Jordan Clark, who comes in at two hundred ninety-four thousand, and is available as a mid slash defender. Has a break even of thirty-six, so it is slowly but surely creeping up. And based on his break even, he's probably a hold at this stage. Uh, The -hmm. fact that he has a handy DPP status and he's scoring okay. Should uh, make his break even also and uh, be a handy cover for the injured Daniel uh, if you own him. So there's a case to trade him if it means you can upgrade a rookie or if you've got spare cash to upgrade a Clark to, you know, a super premium like a Ridley or a Stewart or someone of that ilk. uh, There's definitely merit to do it. But uh, I think uh, probably err on the side of caution and hold him if you can. Definitely. And moving on to the weights. So these are players
3: that you uh, can can wait a few weeks on, or, or maybe a week. Uh, don't trade them in just yet. First off, we've got Lockie Jones, priced at 139.9K, uh, defender eligible. And might I say, what a magnificent mullet. And I think he's only, what, 18?
2: Yeah. Still 18, 19? Possibly 19. I, still... I think he had his 19th
3: birthday on the weekend.
2: Ah, yes. But he actually fits the mold of, you know, like I always say with Shannon Hearn, Hearn looks like he's come out of the womb with a receding hairline. Lockie Jones looks like he's come out of the womb with a mullet and a big, <laughs> filthy, bushy moustache. Yeah, that mm-hmm. bloke, my lord, like. I'm turning 33 this year and he is like twice the man of me. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. he is twice the man of me and he's 19. Gee whiz. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that says to me, <laughs> he's, he's, I, I don't know why I said that. Just belittling myself. i just d- do it for you, Lance. You don't worry. That's payback for, for myself <sighs> for being a dick to you earlier on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's definitely one to wait on because, yeah, it's a bit unsure as to his job security so far. I, I think he's actually got a spot in Port's uh, defense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Port Adelaide—it's such a strong lineup. So I mean, it may even take a couple of, uh, you know, low-scoring, slash performance-type games for him to potentially lose his spot. So um, Yeah, I, I think wait and see for him how he performs this weekend.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd obviously be waiting as well. I'm just not as sold, I guess, as you on his job security at this
2: stage. But um, what, about, what about the money, though? What about I love the fact the Mo. he's twice—he's twice the man of me. Come on. And how <laughs> many games have you played for Port Adelaide? Uh, no, see, I told you, he's twice the man of me. I wouldn't get there picked. There we go. <laughs> there we go.
3: Also, uh, rookie watch uh, Finlay McRae will make his debut this weekend. Obviously, hold and wait. We've already seen uh, Oliver Henry um, be dropped from the from the Collingwood lineup uh, after I think one game. Yep. So definitely, definitely wait until he's on the bubble. You don't want to trade in a player who won't increase in price
2: as a rookie. I think uh, just in terms of uh, good old Finlay McRae, it just rolls off the tongue. That name uh, name is the fact that uh, that Taylor Adams is uh, is now going to be out for an extended period. So there is definitely a spot for him in the uh, in the engine room there, and he probably fits the mold of Taylor Adams's Adams's Taylor Adams. Taylor Adams. Taylor Adams. Yeah, Yeah, Taylor Taylor Adams. Adams. (laughs) What are we we doing? (laughs) Taylor Adams game style. Just the fact that he's in and under. And by all reports, uh, he's been smashing it in the VFL uh, practice games. I think they're still playing at the moment. Uh, So uh, for me, he's a watch and see. But uh, yeah, I I think he has a real game that is uh, conducive to super coach. So uh, definitely keep a close eye on him.
3: Yeah. And now moving on to, I guess, some primos that you can wait for a bit more of a price dip. So we've got Clayton Oliver at 612k uh, with a break-even of 161, uh, which you should see him drop below 600k next round, which is very, very juicy. He's a very good prospect considering he has a scoreline of 122, 133 and 136, but obviously has that 67 wedged in between, courtesy of the DeBoer tag against GWS.
2: Yeah, for me, like, if if you said to me at the start of the season that I could grab Oliver for 65 (laughs) k cheaper than his starting price, I would say... Tell him he's dreaming. Because he was actually... He was in my side for a majority of the preseason
1: until I got
2: seduced by, uh, who was it, Bolshe and Rao. And uh, as it turned out, I actually punted Bolshe because I had to make some uh, space in my cap for showing up my defence. But, yeah, for, for Oliver, I think... He is, I mean, you take out that 67, we all know the reason why he had such a bad game. Uh, and those other three scores of 122, 133, and 136 is the norm with Oliver. So uh, if you don't have him, uh, I definitely 100% look at getting him in as, uh, as one of the uh, top three, I'd even say top two trade-in options for next week, but uh, we'll revisit it next week and see how he's gone over the weekend. Definitely. And uh, last
3: last cab off the rank, we've got Tom Mitchell, Five hundred seventy-eight point nine k even of one hundred and forty-three, um, which obviously isn't outside of Mitchell's wheelhouse. Could make that, uh, but he hasn't mm-hmm. scored higher than one hundred and thirty-five this season, um, and may even drop to around five hundred and fifty k. It's definitely worth holding for at least a week.
2: Yeah, we'll uh, potentially delve into Mitchell a bit later in uh, in coming episodes, potentially next week. But uh, just to quickly give you a recap he scored 135 109 89 and 107 and you'd think those last three games where he scored 109 89 107 that maybe he's got you know mid-20 possessions no he's had 37 disposals he's had uh 20 24 disposals and on the weekend he had 38 disposals and only scored 107 so um We'll delve into it maybe a little bit uh, a little bit later, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, wait and see how he goes this weekend. Yeah, but yeah, I think we need to have a closer look at his scoring. Definitely. And uh, next up, like we uh, prefaced earlier on, we're going to be delving into in a bit more detail now. What to do with Caleb Daniel? So obviously, uh, Caleb
3: Daniel had the poor score on the weekend of 19. Um, he's also had another lower score in the 60s, but also some great scores, 100 plus, um, two scores of 100 plus, two tons. Um, but obviously, with the, uh, the impending suspension for a week due to a dangerous tackle, he's going to miss the game against the Suns. And there's a lot of, I guess, discussion in the community about what to do, whether to hold or trade. Uh, we'll we'll be running through both scenarios and then giving you a sort of our thoughts on what you should be doing uh, or what we'll be doing especially.
2: Absolutely. And uh, just for me, because I'm 100% holding Daniel and I'm really surprised at the number of coaches out there that are considering trading him. I understand they may not have depth on the bench to mm-hmm. cover him, but even so I'd be trading a cosy, probably not a high more because he's still got cash to make, but definitely a cosy, to someone like a Chapman to fill in for that one week because you are bringing in another cash cow because I am convinced that uh, the scoring we've seen from Daniel is a bit of uh, an anomaly and when you break down his rounds so far there are explanations as to why he's had those bad games specifically as well round two where he faced the Eagles he only scored sixty six Super Coach points yet he scored eighty six in fantasy which is due to the fact that uh, in that game he had the equal most turnovers for the game with six. And uh, I think a couple of which uh, resulted in uh, direct turnover goals on the rebound. So uh, that uh, definitely explains that downturn in scoring there. And then in terms of the weekend, I think it was just a, a pure anomaly. Uh, you know, Outside of that, he scored 107-96. I think that's probably closer to what he will score on the norm from week to week. And uh, the other thing is that uh, in terms of kick-ins, I saw a few people on Twitter saying uh, they were worried about him losing kick-ins. And I don't think there's any danger of him losing kick-ins. You have a look at the stats on the weekend. Jump on Twitter as well. Have a look at our graphic that has a complete breakdown of each team. You'll see that for Daniel, he actually had the most, the equal most kick-ins at two, which obviously isn't much, but he had the equal most at two alongside Dale on the weekend. And uh, keeping in mind, there was only six total kick-ins for the Bulldogs on the weekend with Keith and Jurea as well also taking uh, one apiece. So, I mean, sure, there was a little bit more spread but there probably wasn't as much opportunity for kick-ins and for those easy stats that he normally gets taking kick-outs. On top of that as well is also the fact that uh, the conditions in Ballarat, always terrible down there. Take it from me, I, when I was working at Collingwood uh, covering their VFL matches, hands down, the coldest place in Victoria, probably, in fact, the world. <laughs> it is It is. It is so cold, always blustery conditions, uh, swirling winds, and those aren't exactly the conditions... To perform, you know, cute 30-meter pinpoint passes out of defense uh, with a strategy more slanted towards kicking along as we saw Daniel Rich do to great effect for the Brisbane Lions. And on top of that, also, there was a point in the game where Daniel was thrown forward. Uh, I couldn't quite pinpoint as to why, but I just presumed the fact that uh, he was put there to play a close-checking defensive forward role on Rich who was absolutely killing it with his long kicking Mm. uh, down the line. He he was even kicking at one stage down the centre, but they were normally hugging the wings. Um, And just with his kicking, I think his style of play was more conducive to the conditions as opposed to a Daniel who was more pinpoint, more finesse-type passing. Uh, So for me, pure and simple, I don't think the conditions suited Daniel in combination with those other factors, uh, which really resulted in him having an off game. But for those coaches out there that are considering trading Daniel, what uh, what can we offer them in terms of reasons why they could do that? Yeah, so if I'm
3: playing devil's advocate to the uh, to the hold scenario, if you do have a donut, you probably could trade him. There's there's definitely a case there um, in that sense. You could you could obviously trade a Coszy or a Highmore to to a Chapman who is coming off that eighty six and ninety one and should be looking to be a solid cash cow. But the cash that you'll get from Daniel, who's going to continue to drop in price, I think he's break evens. 150 or something like that now. Mm, He's going to drop in cash more. Um, You could make a case in a sense that it's similar to the Neil situation where he's going to drop in cash. If he continues on with a sort of up and down form, he might not be the best option uh, to continue on with. And while I guess you did make the case of why he he did have the equal highest number of kick-ins for the dogs, we did actually see him lose some of them. Um, Mm. But that could also... Be put down to the fact that he the, the conditions didn't suit his kicking style of sort of that short 30 meter um pinpoint passes um, obviously with the blustery conditions it, it doesn't doesn't lend itself to, to those being effective kicks similarly i guess one thing that could be affecting his scoring is the plethora of midfielders in the doggy side there's only obviously a set number of points on offer each game. So are the likes of Dunks, McRae, Trelaw, and the Bont taking a large chunk away from him?
2: Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. They've added in Trelaw, who in the past two weeks especially, he's yes. he's really found form again uh, for the first time in the Doggies lineup. And, you know, with him not previously being there, uh, there was more points on offer. So I guess it, it does make sense. So it is it is a really good point to bring up.
3: So obviously uh, with the donut and the, the, the concern over his scoring... Uh, in the past few weeks, there's there's a case to be made that he might not be the top six defender that we thought, and in that sense, there is a case to trade him out while his value is still somewhat higher than what it will be in the next in the coming weeks. Um, and if you are wanting to sell, there's a few good options that you could be looking at. Uh, so Bowers could be a good option as a, as a bit of a POD at this stage. He's averaging 115.5 for the season, and he's priced at about a 503.9k, um, and he has a has a pretty good Three round average of 105.3. He's taking the kickouts. He had the highest kick-in percentage for the Suns on the weekend with 43%. He took seven of those kick-ins and played in from all seven as well. So that'll definitely boost his scoring as well. And as we've seen, he's got he's been averaging 115 for the season. Um, But if you do have the spare cash, you could definitely bring in a player such as Ridley, so an Uber Premium, for example, who looks to be a definite top two defender in 2021. But you could even potentially bring in a player like Short, um, who with with both of those players actually outscoring him to this stage of the season. So there's definite case for trading, um, but I think it comes down to, to your team structure. If you can cover the donut, it's probably not worth trading. Um, it's only going to be one round where it's out, and there's probably other issues in your team that that are more pressing. We've also got to remember that there's only thirty trades for the season. It's not it's not the same as last year where we had those extra trades. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to be a bit more savvy. Uh, yeah. yeah. a bit more savvy about the trades. It it presents itself to me as a bit more of a, a luxury trade.
2: I think for me, like you said, it's it's more of a luxury trade. Uh, sure, he's going to lose cash, but I mean, you get in these blokes as premiums for a reason. It doesn't matter if they're going to be making cash, losing cash. It's to do with their scoring output. And I think for me, I don't see enough danger signs in his scoring output at the moment to justify getting rid of him. You know, there's there's no reasons in terms of injury, uh, in terms of game role. Like I said, he hasn't lost really any, any kick-ins, a little bit more spread on the weekend. If it carries forth into the weekend – where there's more spread and he is actually losing kick-ins for the likes of Dale, Jurea, Keith, all those players, then I'll probably revisit it and and reconsider. But I think at the moment it's a bit too hasty in that decision in getting rid of him. And I think a lot of people are just doing it out of the pure fact that they don't have any depth in the defence. And for me, that's not enough to justify getting rid of him. So for me, I'm keeping him
3: likewise i'll be keeping him at this stage the only way that i probably would trade him out is if it presented me with the with the ability to to really upgrade my team in other ways but it's still gonna i guess mean that i'm going down a, de, a primo defender to to boost a primo somewhere else um so it, it's sort of a bit more like robbing peter to pay paul so i'm, I'm probably leaning more towards the hold Um, I just don't think, as as you said, Damon, I don't think there's too many big concerns there. And to me, it just presents itself as a real luxury trade, which I most certainly do not have at this stage. In terms of the other trades that we'll be looking to make, or the the actual trades, because we're not trading at Daniel, uh, (laughs) what what, what are you looking at for this round, Damon?
2: Yeah, I'm a bit up in the air at the moment as to what strategy I take because, uh, I mean, brought in a couple of uh, nice, I'm going to say two upgrades, uh, one being Ridley, another one being Jayeth uh so i've got a little bit more cash in the bank at the moment at two hundred and fifty thousand, 000 uh, and it comes down to whether or not i use that cash already to upgrade or do i do a downgrade and i think 100 percent, i'm bringing in waterman uh yep. you just just got to bring him in he's going to be one of the best cash cows at the uh, basement price that he is it's just a matter of working out as to who gets the chop for him uh candidates could be jordan could be campbell um but again like we discussed earlier those guys have more cash to really make um so i have to weigh up who i cut early uh or do i think about getting rid of a jordan clark and and really throwing caution to the wind um in terms of covering daniel like we said not trading him so it comes down to do i keep clark in defense to cover him Or do I trade a Clark down or someone else down to a Chapman who I really like as another cash cow option? But um, yeah, a bit up in the air at this stage. What about yourself?
3: Yeah, I am pretty similar to you, to be honest. Uh, I've got 245.3K in the bank. So Waterman's going to make his way into my side. Somehow, I'm not entirely sure who's going to make way. I'm pretty happy with all my rookies at this stage. So it may be team dependent um, with who's named and who isn't named on the weekend. Um, But at this stage... I'm also considering bringing in McRae or Steele. Um, so I've got some of that cash. Again, I'll have to do a bit of a play around with my team and see where I can uh, get the cash. So it may be moving out um, one of the one of the rookies that doesn't get named or even moving on someone like a Campbell to be able to afford the McRae trade-in.
2: Quickly just looking at the uh, the live trade-ins and trade-outs through Supercoach Gold, we have Caleb Daniel going uh, out of – of people's sides and uh, followed by Brayden Campbell at 4.8%. So he looks to be the rookie that people are chopping the most. Uh, And then we've got, uh, believe it or not, Matt Flynn at 1.8%, which is stupid. Any coaches out there, just very quickly, do not trade Matt Flynn. He's going to make at least another 100K on you. So don't do that. But uh, in fourth spot, James Gordon at 1.7%. And Jordan Clark, who we just spoke of, at 1.4%. So uh, we're in the, the same sort of wheelhouse as uh, those other other players being considered, apart from Flynn. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like It looks as though we're, we're very much in the same boat and probably be a coin flip as to, as to who we, we trade out.
3: Yeah, precisely.
2: And uh, with that, let's move on to the very next segment, which is I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. That's right, and I'm
3: the captain now. We'll be bringing you our top choices of the VC and C. We'll be discussing some of the key options and maybe some that may be a little bit left field as well. Damon, do you want to jump in with our first option this week?
2: Yeah, first option is Brody Grundy, one half of Gawndy. He uh, he didn't score well against the Eagles in 2020, but uh, has scores of 132 and 137 in 2019, 99 in 2018 and 125 in 2017. But... I think you'd expect him to bounce back against the Eagles. Plays Friday night, so uh, could very much be a decent VC option.
3: Definitely. Uh, And now to the next one, uh, is Jack McRae. As you've already mentioned, he absolutely loves playing the Suns. 135.8 average against the Suns. His highest against any other team. His last four games are 169, 139, 189, and 108. <laughs> Fair to say, I think it's pretty safe if you do decide to go with him.
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, hands down. If you've got McRae, you'd be uh, very silly going for anyone else. Unless, of course, you're putting it on Jyth. Just, exactly. yep. just a joke. Just a joke.
3: Definitely put on Jyth. Or your man, Lockie Jones.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Man Mountain.
3: Do you he starts on like 50 points at the start of the game just for the mullet?
2: <laughs> and, and the mo and the filthy mo oh, yeah
3: sorry yeah the mo. So that's another 20 points at least <laughs> the one issue you may find with mcrae obviously a popular loophole option in a5 from the suns uh will be playing against the bulldogs so you can't use him as that loophole option if you did want to vc mcrae you'll have to find a, either a non-playing player from a later game or just chuck the vc on grundy in that
2: friday night game instead Absolutely. And uh, the next guy to look at who is going to be my captaincy option if McRae doesn't come off, and that's Max Gorn uh, with an average of 132 for the season and a three game average of 145. He has a 137.5 average against the Hawks with scores of 185, 127, 112, 115, and 168 in his last five. So uh, yeah, if McRae doesn't, Quite recapture his uh his average against the Suns. I think you can rely on Gorn. Can I just
3: point out how crazy that is? That Jack McRae's best, highest against any team is one hundred thirty-five, and you've still got Gorn with one hundred thirty-seven point five average.
2: It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, th- those are two definite options. I think in terms of uh, guys to um, to really put in a combination for the for the VC and the C. Definitely.
3: Um. So just quickly on who we'll be going with. Um, at this stage, for me, I only have Gorn and Grundy out of those two. Um, so at this stage, I'll be going Gorn, uh, Sorry, Grundy into Gorn. However, if I do decide to bring in uh, Jack McRae, I'll be going McRae into Gorn.
2: Yep. And it goes without saying, I just mentioned before, I'm going
3: 100% McRae into Gorn. Love it. And that brings us to uh, Damon's favourite segment, uh, which is... I got to know!
0: <laughs> hey. That's
3: to know. That's right, and I got to know. We run through the questions that you, the listeners, have sent in on Twitter, Facebook, and via our emails. So first up, uh, we've got James Epa. I hope I pronounced that correctly. is sent in a, a few questions for us. I uh, will run through them. The first one first. So part one is rank. Who makes the most money from here? Nick Cox, Braden Campbell, or Tom Powell? So I'll just quickly jump on this one. I think it's a bit of a tough one. Uh, from the small sample size at this stage, I'd probably say uh, Powell, so Tom Powell as number one, Nick Cox as number two, and Braden Campbell as number three in their money-making abilities. It's mainly based, I guess, on their roles. Tom Powell will be given every opportunity in the middle at the ruse, um, but obviously he may see some lower scores when they do get smashed, as we have seen so far. Nick Cox has obviously turned on the score in the last couple of weeks – Absolutely love the way he's going about it. He's found his feet a little bit more. Uh, he's kicking goals from the wing and also going into the middle as a bit of a relief for Uckman. And he's also got some great jobs security. Uh, but obviously his scoring potential will fluctuate. Um, in case you didn't know, he's a 200 centimetre wingman. People uh, haven't mentioned that before, have they? Did you know he's 200 centimetres?
2: No, that's kind of like Mike Pike being a rugby background. Did, did you know that Scott Pendlebury has a basketball background? Really? I know, right? So so does uh, Christian Petrarca. I don't think anyone's mentioned that either. Does he? Yeah. Really? What about Mason Cox? He's he's from somewhere, isn't he? Yeah, they call him Yanks? I don't know.
3: Yeah, anyway, moving on. (laughs) Uh, Braden Campbell uh, should also have that job security uh, locked in. But as we have seen, he's had some lower scores, even in the games where the Swans have played well, and we're yet to see him in a loss. I've also based this on their starting prices. It's harder for a more expensive rookie to make as much money. Obviously, they need the higher scores to increase more in price. So just to recap there, number one, Tom Powell, number two, Nick Cox, and number three, Braden Campbell. Yeah,
2: I am with you here 100% in terms of your rankings. And uh, using the great man, Bryce Mitchell's projections for cash gen, he has them listed at, here we go, let's let's compare the pair. This is like comparing your own projections. Up against the great guru oh. that is Bryce Mitchell's, he has enlisted at drum roll, please. Powell, one hundred and six in first place. Oh. Cox in second place at seventy seven k, and Campbell at
0: sixty seven k. Come on down, the price is right. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I had
3: not seen that, but I guess it was just based off off the logic of 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 their prices and and their scoring so far.
0: That
2: gives me an idea, actually, about uh, maybe another segment that we'll uh, we'll trial in the future about trying to guess cash generation and price projections without looking at uh, any guru spreadsheets. Work. That that definitely reminded me of the prices, right? Where they've got to like reorder the uh, the things on a shopping <laughs> list to uh, you know to different prices oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, amazing, amazing show. Anyway, I digress. Uh, on with the, the second part of his uh, list of questions. Uh, his second part is, has Nick Cox had a role change since round two, since Draper went down with two-meter Peter going to the ruck? I'll throw this to you again, being a Don supporter. Yeah, so
3: just, yeah, Nick Cox uh, played a great game on the weekend. He's actually, I think he's, he's found his feet a little bit uh, with the way he's been playing and just feeling a bit more confident in himself. Um, but he has found himself in the ruck late in games and late in quarters especially. Um, but I don't think he's playing... Exclusively as a ruckman. I don't think there'll be any fear if that is way too skinny to be playing a full game in the ruckman. Yeah. I think it's just a case of he's found more confidence. He's been clean, he's kicking goals and that's just seen his scoring increase. Um, it has also been on the back of a 75-point win and a very tight loss. So I'd expect he's going to dip a bit more with some more Essendon losses coming up as mm. as you'd expect them not being... Um, a super strong team. But I think with them being pretty competitive in the past few weeks, uh, you'll, you'll see his scoring inflated a little bit.
2: Yeah. He's he's definitely an impressive youngster. And uh, I think if you started with him at the start of the year, full props to those coaches Mm. who held him, because he could be one of the breakout rookie choices of the year. So uh, we'll wait and see how that pans out. But the third part, which is a marathon third part of his, uh, his question is Lockie Jones a must have. What do you reckon, Liam?
3: Uh, I'm sort of in in the camp of he's definitely not a must. Um, I'm probably more concerned about his job security, um, but I, I don't get and want to see him next week before I, I consider bringing him into my team.
2: Yeah, it's only been the one game so far. Um, wait and see how he performs this weekend and, and definitely reassess from there. But uh, if I was to compare him to another guy who was just on the bubble, uh, who's gone up in price, uh, obviously 70K k. uh pricier than uh, Lockheed Jones. But uh, Chapman from Frio, I actually rate his job security much better uh, given the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, Frio's injuries, Young, Hill, Hamley, and Pierce. Um, so I wouldn't say that Lockheed Jones is a must-have. Job security is a really big, big thing for any new rookies and uh, whether or not you bring them into your team. So uh, definitely a big factor to factor in. Yeah, nice one. Uh,
3: next question uh, is from Emperor who uh, is at Emperor underscore X. How good is Jack bows right now? Maybe it will be the perfect upgrade for Daniel. What are your thoughts there,
2: Damon? Yeah, in terms of what he's shown so far, he's taken 43% of the kick-ins in round four. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, he actually played on from all of them, which uh, which would have boosted his uh his scoring as well. Um his price makes him an easy move up to Daniel if you need to cover a donut. But uh, I'd probably want to keep more of an eye on him uh, before I, I actually look at bringing him in. Uh, at his price, you'd have to bank on him being a top six defender for the rest of the season. And I mean, yeah, he's shown signs that he could potentially be one of those breakout contenders. Um, and he has, actually has scored quite well. Yeah, He scored 146, 114, 95 and 107. So I think he's real, the real deal. All, all signs are probably pointing that way. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm very wary of, especially if you are to trade Daniel to Bose. I don't know. Is it a trap? I, I, I'm not really factoring him in at this stage. But um, for me, it's a flip of the coin, I think. Um, I, I wouldn't say he's a, a, a really good upgrade. A perfect upgrade for Daniel would be, you know, a Ridley, a Stewart, uh, you know, someone of that ilk. I wouldn't say it's, a, it's an upgrade mm-hmm. per se. What do you reckon?
3: Yeah, I, I'm likewise there. I think... I'm a bit 50-50 on it. Um, I'm obviously holding Daniel at this stage, but if if you were to trade out Daniel, I wouldn't be
2: against trading in Jack Bowers. Next question comes from Andrew at AWN The Go. He asks, is the package just the Kmart version of Tex <laughs> or, or can he be a legitimate <laughs> option for the next four to six weeks with a pretty favorable schedule too? Looks fit and he's getting a majority of the CBAs. Kenny average 90 plus over this period. And just quickly, I love how the the, the, the fact that, you know, a player being a Kmart version of someone else is now like common vernacular. I yeah. love it. Like it started with Kmart Dusty with Jordan Degoe, but now it's just being bandied about uh, like nobody's business, which is a... Shouldn't it be the, the Wish version? The Wish version? Yeah, have you seen Wish? It's like this online
3: store and it's always got like fake oh. versions of things. It's like yeah, fake Lego yeah. and fake I don't
2: know, other stuff. I usually say like LD, like an Eldie yeah, version because yeah, they have yeah. their own brands and they try and like fob it off as like paddle pop, for example, would be like a puddle pip. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like it's like a play on words type thing. Like they just change a couple of vowels and hey, look at this. It's a it's a brand new thing and try and trick people yeah. into buying it. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> I'll 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 throw this uh this question at you. Again, being another um Another Don's-centric yeah. uh, question. Yeah, definitely.
3: So he's looking very good uh, in the past couple of matches. As a Don supporter, I've got to have a very good look at him, um, especially since coming back from, I think it was an Achilles complaint over the preseason. I do think Truck's decision to wait, make him wait to be fully fit has paid off. He's come back in ripping ripping condition. However, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. His awkward price point of 282.6K is probably the main concern for me. He does have a break-even of minus 45, which obviously is great. I can see him averaging mid-80s, mid-90s. But to keep this in context, his highest average against another side is 96, which ironically is against the Dons. uh, So obviously wouldn't be able to maintain that. Um, However, his second highest is 89, which is coincidentally against the Lions, who they play next. He's never averaged above 80, so his highest average was in... Uh, 2015 which was a 78.8 and then since then it's been mid to low 70s and even into the 50s obviously some injury affected uh games in the past couple of years so it'd be a big jump for him to then move up into that sort of 90 plus average even if it is over the next couple of weeks um it, it's not not impossible but i think he's not sort of the cash cow that i would be looking at in the forward line
2: I think the thing for me is the fact that um, he's only projected to rise by 80,000 or thereabouts. Yeah. So, you know, if you're thinking about jumping on him as like a playing cash cow, like a lot of people did with techs, he doesn't really fit into that same category. I mean, he's only going to make 80K if, you know, the general point of view is, you know, a trade is worth 150K. Yeah. He's not worth bringing in under that, uh, that thinking. So um, for me, He's a, he's a bit of a pass. And he comes with too much of a risk as well. I mean, he has been ravaged with injury. He hasn't played a full season ever, actually, just looking at his um, – mm. even dating back to his days at the Dogs. So, past few seasons as well, 18 games, 10 games, and uh, remains to be seen how he goes this season. But, obviously, um, started the season late. So, not very good signs for me. If he was someone that was super durable, maybe. But, I mean, yeah, he's scoring history, like you said – doesn't really stack up so for me i would pass
3: yeah definitely so moving on uh we've got the next question from sam who is at au uh pink pinkwa uh he asks is it just a simple trade of daniel to ridley and campbell to waterman this week after watching the game it looks like the dogs are starting to use duray and dale out of the path back we saw daniel even spend some of quarter four in the forward pocket
2: Damon? It's a 50-50 call for me. Yes, uh, Ridley is going to be a top two forward. There's no qualms about that. If he stays fit, knock on wood. Um, but, yeah, for me, like we mentioned earlier, Campbell has that potential to make more money. Having said that, I'm actually considering trading him down to Waterman myself just because I don't have any other options to trade down. So, I mean, if you are in that boat, mm-hmm. uh, you could potentially think about it. Daniel to Ridley, I mean – I always come back to that point that Daniel could still potentially be a top six defender. And if you were to trade out Daniel to Ridley, I mean, awesome. That's a really great upgrade, like on the surface. But if Daniel actually is a top six defender, it means you're going to have to bring Daniel back in at some stage. So, yeah, I mean, borrowing your your phrase, you're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul in that sense. Like, yeah, you're robbing yourself um, of a trade in order to bring in Ridley. Um, yes, Ridley's going to go up in price more, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very much 50-50 on this, on this trade. It's not as cut and dry as, uh, as Sam says. What about yourself? What do you think?
3: I'm there with you as well. I think the only way that it would make more sense to me is if you were trading instead of Daniel, um, maybe trading out Clark. Um, if you did have the cash money. That's a good point. Moving on to Sam's next question. What do you think of Buddy Franklin? Priced at 312k. Swans are flying at the moment, so plenty of footy for Bud. Post-game, he said that the plan was to play a game, then have a week off. And he said he is good on from now to play every week. So just quickly, uh, Buddy played pretty well on the weekend. Um, I think he was matched pretty well by Francis. But uh, let's be honest, Buddy lives rent-free in most heads of the Don supporters. (laughs) I'd be very concerned, I guess, about his aging body and his injury history over the past few years. Um, And I think that the Swans will be pretty conservative with that. We've already seen him play one game, Mm. then rested, then play the next game. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if even if he does play a couple of games in a row, that he gets a rest in between them. At that price... um, Again, you'd probably be thinking that to be on the verge of a keeper. It's very, very awkward mm. at 312K. I think there's better options at that price, um, such as in the, in the forward line especially. You've got Impey and uh, Zeebel obviously, slightly more expensive, but I think have better scoring potential um, and better job security as well. Not that I think Buddy's going to get dropped, but Buddy might just have a bit of that injury, uh, concerned, get, injury-affected game um, that he misses.
2: Yeah, uh, the the, yeah, the main thing for me is – there's actually a couple of points, but yeah, more so the fact that he hasn't played a full season uh, for the past two years now. Um, he's well-renowned for uh, for picking up a niggle here and there. He's not the same buddy either that we've seen of years years gone by. Uh, looking at his averages, yeah. uh, 2018 he scored – he's averaged 100, which is great. Uh, 2019 only 72. So far this year 69, so – I mean, he's no spring chicken anymore. There's no no qualms about it. I mean, sure, he can he can still break a game open, which is conducive to to super coach scoring. But I think his he's his best days are past him. And like you said, at that price, uh, for some reason, if you don't even have a Warner uh, who comes in at two ninety eight seven hundred, you'd go for him. Yeah, you know. that's another point. Impey, Zeeble, there's there's other better options there, and there's there's no way uh, that I'd even consider bringing Franklin in. So. I would uh, I'd look past that, uh, that as an option for sure.
3: Definitely. Uh, he's definitely not... I think it's also the two trades. You have to trade... use one getting him in and also one eventually getting him out when he's if, if he's made some cash.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a very good point.
3: So moving on to the next question, uh, we've got from Steve Hagel who is at haigs77 on Twitter. Is it time to start the Tom Atkins discussion?
2: Uh, yeah, I will... To be brutally honest... I actually haven't even considered him. Um, like, yes, his job security is good, but in terms of you know performing on a consistent basis, uh, again, it's it's just it's too much of a risk for me. I think um, at that yeah. price as well, coming in at three seventy five uh, k or three seventy five five hundred k to be exact, he's just too much of a risk. Um, and yeah, I don't think he's going to be the same playing cash cow in the mold of a Tex again. I think everyone's trying to jump on that, that next player who is going to break out in that mold of Tex. And I don't think we'll see another player like it. Uh, and yeah, I just, I, I don't think I could trust Atkins. What about yourself?
3: Yeah, no, I am on the exact same page as you. Um, his averages obviously look good. Um, I think it's probably a bit late now if you did want to bring him in as that cash cow. I'd probably be looking at players at roughly similar prices, similar to, as we said before, Impy, Jayeth instead. It's just at that price. Again, if he makes 150k, he's sort of getting into that keeper mode. You probably don't want to trade him out, and I don't see him making that much cash. Supercoach Gold has him peaking in price at about 471.3k, and
2: that's all the way in round 19. Fair point. And our very last question of the episode comes from Jack Lewicki at Jack Lewicki. He asks, Daniel and Clark to McCray and Waterman or Daniel and Campbell to McCray and Ridley? What do you reckon, then? Looking at that, I'd actually propose a counter to that
3: and go Daniel and Clark to McCrae and Ridley. Oh, um, yeah. This should probably use less cash and give you more money in the bank. Um, and you obviously must have a pretty hefty war chest to go if you're, if you're getting McCray and Ridley in in one round. Yeah, I'd probably merge those two trades in together slightly. I just think that Campbell will have a chance to make you more cash, and Clark, while he he should still make some cash, is probably a better option to trade out at this stage.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm 100 with you there. I mean, like to, to bring in McRae and Ridley in one round, gee whiz, like you can't overlook that. Uh, even if it goes against sort of my thinking of getting rid of Daniel, if it if it delivers you in terms of you know using the most out of your cap. Uh, in Turfing Daniel in order to get him a Cray and Ridley. Um, yeah, for sure. I'd do it.
3: Yeah. The, the points that you make off that is, is definitely worth it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us to the end of our show. But before we leave, let's just remind our listeners as to where they can find us.
3: Yep. On Twitter, you'll find us at at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find myself at at Al underscore Evans underscore nine five. Mm-hmm. You'll find Damon at at DamoJ88. And uh, on Facebook and Insta, just search Supercoach Edge. You'll find us there. And if you do want to uh, send us an email, you can email us at AFLSuperCoachEdge Supercoach Edge at gmail.com.
2: And uh, for anyone out there that uh, is interested in joining our Discord channel, uh, where we're having some uh, awesome discussions with uh, the Supercoach Edge community, uh, just in terms of uh, trading options, updates with injuries, everything else in between, you can join us through our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash SuperCoachEdge. And in terms of just an update on the Super Coach Edge group rankings, who have we got ahead of the pack, Liam? Yep.
3: So for round four, our highest scorer was uh, with a score of 2,297, was Kenny uh, with his team Chaos, spelled K-H-A-O-S. Uh, great score there. Uh, the overall leader, however, is uh, it's actually changed this round. Uh, so we've got a new overall leader with Ben from the King's Men. His overall total score is 9,150. In the whole of Supercoach, his overall ranking is 13. Great work there, Benny. Uh, so if you do want to join the Supercoach Edge group, uh, just use the code 798. 296. And the winner at the end of the season walks away with the ultimate bragging rights, a shiny new ring from the Legends at Supercoach Championship rings. And you'll also get to feature on our final podcast.
2: Absolutely. And with that, That is the end of the show. So thank you so much for joining us and uh, must say all the best with your spin of the rookie roulette wheel this week, especially you, Liam. Yeah, hopefully
3: (laughs) I I don't stuff it up again this week. Need to get the uh, win against you. Good luck with the week ahead.
2: Thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next week.